This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Equity mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity mate, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, I'm very excited for this interview. Um, a big part of what we want to do this year is speak to more company leaders. Yes. Uh, get you know get it straight from the horse's mouth. Yes. Um, and this one is an exciting one because. We talked about this company in our summer series and now we've got the CEO on. Absolutely. One of the challenges as a retail investor is getting access to the leaders of um, public companies that we can invest in. So it is our pleasure to welcome Brian Ward from Aroa to the show. Brian, welcome. Yeah, Hello. It's, it's great to be here. So Brian is the founder and chief executive officer of Aroa. If you have listened to our summer series, then you will know what we're talking about. Otherwise, go and uh, have a listen to that episode where we do a bit of a deep dive on the company. Brian has been responsible for leading the company's growth from start right through to where we are today, taking it from the startup stage and then vertically integrating a medical device business with substantial US sales and a developing international presence. So we're going to unpack a bit of that as well as how Brian thinks about leadership and uh, you know people and culture. So let's get stuck in. Yeah. Now, Brian, um, we we love to hear uh, CEOs and founders uh, talk about their companies in their own words. So, rather than us explaining what Aroa does, uh, to kick us off today, can you tell us how you would describe Aroa? Sure. Yeah. So, Aroa is a um, medical device company operating in the regenerative medicine area. And, you know, what we're all about is unlocking this field of regenerative medicine for everybody. So, um, many patients have uh, difficulties in healing after surgery or um, after they've had uh, complex wounds. And those wounds uh, can be, you know, they can be open for many years. Um, what we're doing is we're bringing a class of, uh, of regenerative technologies to the wide mass of patients. So typically these types of products have been very expensive and rationed only to the most severely affected patients. There's a huge opportunity to make them much more widely accessible and therefore increase and improve the outcomes for many more patients. So that's what we're about. We're about providing these high quality products 
for many more patients so many more patients can benefit from them. Now, just uh, for people who aren't familiar with uh, some of that terminology, when you're talking about uh, regenerative, regenerative, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, tough one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. not even going to try it third time. Um, you're, you're talking about things like um, artificial skin uh, after people yeah. get, um, you know, a complex surgery or burns and stuff like that. That's Man. that's correct, isn't it? Band aids. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of there's lots of patients that have uh, different sorts of injuries, different sorts of wounds that just don't heal. And so what we're doing is uh, giving them products that really accelerate that healing process and help them heal. And there's a bunch of different. You no, know, it can be externally on the outside of the body. It can be internally in some complex procedures like you know hernia repair. So there's a whole wide field here, and it's a new emerging field of medicine. So you know we've had you know, devices and we've had, you know, biologics. Um, what, what, what we've realized is actually there's this potential uh, to be able to unlock the body's intrinsic capacity to heal with the right technologies. And so, you know, it opens up a whole new field of medicine and it's a really interesting emerging field of medicine. And that, that's, that's what we're focusing on. Yeah, it's a fascinating space. So you've taken Aroa from startup stage. So I'm wondering what is your sort of background to be able to start a, a, a medical company like this? It's not something that Ren and I would just be able <laughs> maybe, to maybe. <laughs> get, get off the ground. Yeah. So, so what is your experience? And then are you able to talk us through the entrepreneurial journey that you've been on, some of the main challenges you've faced to get to, I guess, the IPO and, and now? Yeah, sure. So... Um, you know, I, I've spent my career working in the life sciences. So um, I started my, you know, initially I trained as a veterinary surgeon, um, worked in clinical practice. Um, you know, I got excited. You know, I've always been interested in new product development. And um, I worked for a medical technology company here in New Zealand, a global company. And then just got kind of interested in the, the industry side of the life sciences. So. I've worked in a range of different multinationals, you know, right around the world, starting off in technical roles and then progressing more onto the commercial side of the business. So, you know, I've had experience in a wide range of areas um, and that's been a great um, background to, you know, to then go and start a company. You know, I'm certainly not a deep expert in any one of those areas, but I've got a general kind of understanding of how this industry works. Mm. Yeah, just in terms of the journey, you know, the journey, I um, started the company 11 years ago. Um, so it was myself and I had a, a PhD student. Um, we then, you know, contracted in some scientists from a research institute just to kind of get things going and then pretty quickly built the scientific and technical team. So what's really interesting with a life science company, if you compare it to something like an ICT company, you know, software company is... Um, it takes a long time to develop a product. You know, have all of this regulatory quality overlay um, and all these requirements you have to meet. So it's a long time from uh, starting a company to beginning to sell a product. And so we went through this journey of um, a real intense focus on product development where people aren't kind of sure, is this like a science experiment or is this a real company? And then, you know, five years later, pop out with our first product, um, which is commercial. So takes a lot of confidence from those early stage investors to get in behind the company, to keep on investing in the absence of sales. But then those sales start to come and, uh, you know, in doing that, you start to develop this platform that you can build on. 
So, uh, Brian, as we mentioned, we did this, uh, we, we looked at Aroa uh, in our summer series and uh, one of the big things that we took away was the, I guess, the, com- the competition that's starting to exist in this uh, regener- regenerative medicine space. <laughs> I, up, I'm going to get there. <laughs> um, and so it, it sounds, it, it feels like uh, there's been a big step forward in the treatment of, um, you know, soft tissue injuries and and repairing that stuff. And now there's a lot of competitors with uh, slightly different solutions, some synthetic, some uh, organic, but all, all chasing that, that big, I guess, prize or this big market that exists. So Mm. how do you think about your competitors? And I guess, how do you think Aroa differentiates themselves from the competitors out there? Yeah, look, the, 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, there's sort of, um, I think when there's uh, a good opportunity, you'll get competitors. I mean, that's kind of almost like validation of the opportunity. Um, you know, you sort of think about uh, the different technologies, the different companies and how they participate in this industry. And what you tend to find is that um, different patients have different needs and different technologies tend to address tend to be better in one area than in another. So the, the opportunity is enormous. It's not an industry where it's the winner takes all. It's an industry where you'll find several participants that do, um, that do well. So I think there's, there's space for several players here. Um, there's also space for um, you know, innovation. And you know, when we look at this space, um, there's an enormous opportunity for innovation and there's enormous opportunity to improve patient outcomes. And so, um, you know, I think in that sense, you know, then you look at the players and you go, well, there's some very large companies, there's some small companies. I think the large companies tend to be slightly less innovative. They tend to be more locked in on those establishing franchises. New emerging companies tend to be uh, much more nimble, much more able to adapt and innovate. And I think, you know, there's an opportunity for everyone. I think it's also a market that's going to grow a lot. And so I think, you know, I think there's um, enormous opportunity for a number of companies to do very well in this space. So when we were when we were looking at some of these competitors, uh, we, we found it quite funny, um, I guess, the a wide array of, uh, I guess, basis for these products. You know, you, uh, some of your products are made from sheep and then others from uh, cows, some from some from pigs, some from their own patient skin cells. We were just wondering, I guess, how do you even land upon that? Like, why did you decide sheep was better than cow or pig? Is it just because you're from New Zealand and there's lots of <laughs> sheep over there? <laughs> A lot of supply. Yeah, it'd be great to say yes. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I mean, um, it's interesting. I mean, there's been, you know, this whole field has developed a lot over the last 20 years. And so, you know, if you go back 20 years ago, people thought that, um, you know, you could just use, you know, synthetic products or really simple products to provide this biological function and healing. And so it was all about these pure products being the base of, you know, helping with healing. And the reality is that actually biologics, you know, biological materials are this complex mix of uh, molecules that have lots of cues and lots of structural features that um, allow, uh, you know, allow um, the body to heal. You know, in terms of different types of animals, you know, there's not really, you know, when you sort of get down to the basic biology, 
there's not really a lot of difference between um, the species in terms of the structure of these tissues. Um, what's important is the composition of them. And so, you know, each of these different tissues has quite a unique composition. And that composition is almost like the code to healing. And so you can get tissues that um, uh, turn over very quickly or, or regenerate themselves as part of the natural cycle of tissues in the body really rapidly. And they're more suited to these regenerative um, applications. And that's the type of tissue that we use. So it has a lot of, it, you know, within the, that type of tissue, there's a lot of these signals that are um, important in um, helping tissues heal. So, Brian, uh, obviously, these sort of life science businesses are very much out of our circle of competence as investors, but it's a space that is only going to be, become more important over the next sort of 10 years or so. As investors, like when we're comparing you with competition and the whole sort of space, what should we sort of be thinking about to differentiate you from your competitor? Like, is it product pipeline? Is it um, your international exposure, sales structures? What sort of, yeah, should we be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all of those things, really. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, pro I mean, I think confidence comes with uh, approved products in major jurisdictions. So having achieved the ability to sell, which sort of really shows that you, you've met the regulatory and quality requirements. There's actually a real market there for those products. So I think that's important. Um, a platform technology that um, can uh, lead to several products. You know, it's not just a one-shot wonder. It's something that can build value over time. Um, a technology that uh, has a long, um, a long period where, you know, it can deliver value for patients. So things like um, you know, proprietary knowledge, patent, you know, good solid patents, um, you know, and an expanding patient need, uh, I think is important. You know, sales and marketing, absolutely pivotal. So, you know, there's, you know, a platform from which to sell. So salespeople, salespeople that know the market, all of the structural and kind of operational issues around that, um, having that set up. Pipeline, you know, I think, uh, you know, for our sort of business, it's, you know, it's very much, uh, you know, our strategy was like, you know, get our first product commercialized, but be really sure that over time we can develop products of increasing value um, in uh, much larger markets over consecutive years. And that's sort of how we've built our business. So, you know, I think all of those things are important. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. On the sales and marketing point, um, it would be interesting to get your thoughts on that because to our you know untrained eyes, so correct us if we're wrong, but it feels like there's almost two competitions going on in a business like yours. The first is to develop the best products and you know, to make sure they've got good applications and they're better than their competitors. But then the second competition is actually to convince like the key decision makers, be it doctors or hospitals or whoever's whoever's making the decision about what product to use, that it's the right product. And I'm sure there's plenty of examples of businesses that have developed the best product but haven't been able to sell it to the key decision makers and therefore have lost to a competitor. So I mean, number one, is that is that right? And number two, how do you think about sales um, in that in that context? Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good question. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's plenty of people that develop great products that never, you know, are commercially successful. So, you know, right from the outset, you've got to have a clear um, commercial strategy. Um, so, great product, differentiated product, but then know how you're going to sell it. What's really important in this industry is clinical results, clinical data, and the ability um, to, for very influential people, what we call KOLs, to be advocates for your product and to recognize the value in your product. So typically what you do is um, run clinical studies that validate the effectiveness of the product, um, safety of the product, have that data that you then work with uh, leading clinicians to, um, you know, who become strong advocates for your product. So that's kind of one step. On the other side, you know, what you're also doing is, you know, you do have to be able to gain access to hospitals, be able to promote the product to physicians as well. So there's, you know, there's a number of sort of parallel paths that you take here, but, you know, it's, uh, in healthcare, certainly, you know, data is really important. You know, having good clinical outcomes, being able to demonstrate that your product works, um, you know, that, that, that that's absolutely critical. Mm. So, Brian, let's take a, a step towards the future, I guess, and, and uh, have a chat there. What, what is in uh, the product pipeline for Aroa and um, what, what are some of the markets that you're sort of focusing on over the next sort of 10 years? Yeah, okay. So, um you know, from a product pipeline perspective, we, um, we've, in the last 12 months or so, we've launched a new product, which is a product for soft tissue reconstruction called Myriad. So that's our major focus at the moment, and it will be over the next 18 to 24 months. We're also developing a, a, a pipeline and new products. So we have uh, Symphony, which is a product for use uh, and people with really impaired healing, it's sort of it's our original technology boosted with an additional technology. And so we've had that approved recently. Um, we'll do some clinical work on that product in the next 12 months. And then that was, we'll begin a, a launch of that product in 2022. We also have a new platform, which is a very innovative platform that combines our existing technology with a new 
um, hardware device for managing something called dead space, uh, which is something that happens when you remove tissue from a patient during surgery. You know, it's prone to having complications um, where the wound heals really poorly. So we're developing a completely novel new therapy um, for that area. We think it's uh, you know, a huge opportunity for the company. You know, that's still a couple of years away. So, you know, as we build out the company, um, you know, we will be very, from a sales and marketing perspective, you know, we were very well positioned to be able to commercialize that product in the next couple of years. Before we move on, uh, we're just going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. So, uh, Sticking with the theme of the future, um, looking at your business and looking at your your plans, uh, what do you think are some of the biggest risks to um, to your business right now? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think for us at the moment we're ninety five percent focused on the US, and so and we have a lot of opportunity outside outside the US and the rest of the world. I think. There's a lot of things going on and it's very easy to kind of get distracted and try and do too many things. And so for us, I think um, most of our energy will continue to be directed towards the US, building our sales team out there, you know, putting, putting, putting in place the infrastructure that we need. You know, I think we've got to be careful not to spread ourselves too thinly and to try and grow our business in the rest of the world without that becoming too much of a distraction on the US business. Um, so I think that's a, that's, that's a tension. Um, you know, I think if you look at the, a lot of the risks in, life, in the life science businesses like regulatory quality, product development, manufacturing, you know, we've ticked those boxes. We've, you know, we're, we've been doing that for quite some time now. And I think those, those sorts of risks are you know, mitigated, I think, within this business. So final, final question on future plans. Uh, if you think 10 years uh, into the future or 20 years, um, what does success look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, look, we, you know, our plan is to build a really large life science company that's globe, a global leader in this space. We think there's an enormous opportunity. This is an emerging field um, and we can build a really large uh, Australasian company. So that's our plan. You know, we think we're very well positioned to do that. Um, it's not a short term, it's not a short term business. You know, we're in this for the long haul. Um, and, you know, we think we can build, you know, an enormous amount of value over the next five to 10 years. So, Brian, let's move uh, to people and culture because, as we said at the start of the interview, it's one of those really difficult parts to for a retail investor to actually get information on. But yet, all fund managers generally say, understanding management is an incredibly important part. So let's start at the top. How do you think about leadership? Do you have a leadership philosophy as a CEO? Yeah, I mean, I think purpose is really important and people being bought into the purpose of the company and, you know, people want to get out of bed every day and know that they're doing something that's really important. And I think in our company, you know, we're really clear about that. You know, what, what we're aiming to do is unlock regenerative healing for everybody. You know, we understand that this is a very limited, people have very limited access to this technology and we want to change that. And so I think people here are very motivated by that, not only at a kind of, you know, that sounds like a great idea, but, you know, we see the outcomes that patients have from using our technology and the way that changes their lives. And I think that's incredibly motivating. It, you know, it um, helps us all work really hard. 
uh, to make this company successful. So I think purpose, you know, having having a really good purpose, everyone working together to collaborate to make that happen um, is really important. So if you if you move down from uh, your your focus and your philosophy as a CEO to the culture you're trying to build throughout the organization. Um, uh, aside from you know being purpose driven and uh, working together, um, are there any are there any key f- uh, sort of tenets of the culture you're trying to build at Aroa? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we um, you know we work very uh, hard to make sure that we support and get good ideas and that we draw people together and we have a high-performing, challenging environment. So, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, our values are very are very much around that working together to get great outcomes um, and to collaborate to, um, to achieve those great outcomes. Now, uh, Brian, we want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Um, if people want to find out more about Aroa, uh, they can... Go to the website, um, or is there anywhere? Is there anywhere else they should be going? Is there any social media that Aroa is particularly <laughs> active on? <laughs> Brian's, Brian's on Twitter. Yeah, are you are you personally active on any social media? Yeah, no, I'm not. But um, we we have a LinkedIn account. We have a, we have a website, so they're probably great places to go. Now, before we end, I do just want to ask one final question. Um, one thing I've been noticing recently is that the number of New Zealand companies uh, listing on the ASX and doing incredibly well is is something to behold. Um, you know, A2 Milk, obviously, Zero. Now, hopefully, Aroa follows in their footsteps. So my final question is, what's going on in New Zealand and how do we copy it over here in Australia? <laughs> oh, well, look, I think you guys, I mean, the, I would say the whole ASX has done really well. And, uh, you know, there is, you know, I, I, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think it's becoming more and more one ecosystem. And so, you know, definitely some good things going on here. But look, I think there's a lot of movement between both sides of the Tasman, which I think is fantastic. And, um, you know, we sort of think as of our we think of you know Australia being just down the road now. It's so easy. I just think it, um, yeah, it makes sense. Mm. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time today. It's it's always a, a real joy to speak to the management of some companies that we actually have an opportunity to invest in. But I think my big takeaway from this as well is that it's um, quite exciting that there's people like you spending time improving uh these technologies that are only going to make you know our lives better in the future and if i fall off my bike or have a serious car crash or whatever it may be the (laughs) it's technologies that you're building that are going to make that healing process so much easier down the track so um a big thank you from from our side great thank you and thanks very much for having me on the show our pleasure nice one thanks brian thanks for listening to equity mates investing podcast a production of equity mates media please remember that everything you hear in equity mates investing podcast is general advice only the content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives specific financial circumstances or goals the host of equity mates investing podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.